Welcome inside the Team CBK locker room for our EPL match previews. We will be covering all of this week's fixtures, giving you our correct score prediction for each game, as well as a player from each team to look out for in the cards market. Hello, Righty here to welcome you back inside the Team CBK locker room to preview all nine games from round 25 in the EPL. Once again, I'm joined by Matthew O'Regan to give his expert opinion on the cards market. Hello, Matthew. Hello, how are you? I'm really good, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, It's the weekend, so I always feel special. How about you? Yeah, yeah. Excited to go to Watford tomorrow. (laughs) Well, who wouldn't be? (laughs) <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Yes, indeed. Uh, well, so another exciting action-packed midweek round of games this week uh, just gone. So we had nine games in total. Uh, we saw four home wins, three draws and just two away wins. 25 goals scored at an average of 2.78 per game. However, only three went over the two and a half goals mark. So just 33% with six going under of course so it was unders week hi if you're listening Boydie that was one for you and of course uh, we had five games where both teams scored so 56% slightly more than half Um, there were 32 yellows which would be interesting for you mate uh, at 3.56 per game we saw six at Wolves from Michael Oliver and uh, which was the highest and and we saw Darren England keep his cards in his pocket at the Etihad where Man City beat Brentford 2-0. There were two red cards, one for Konza for Villa, given by uh, our Australian referee Jared Gillet, 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 and um, and the one for Martinelli for Arsenal by uh, Michael Oliver. Did you see that one? Yeah, well, I wasn't watching it live. I was watching the darts, but I've seen it back <laughs> today. And yeah, it's a weird one. I know. I think he thought he was going to get away with a bit of a free dig, to be honest. I think because he obviously looked at the ref. He looked at Oliver after we'd kind of done his best basketball NBA impression uh, on the, on the, for the throw in. And he's looked at the ref and he's obviously played on. And I think That's he's good. just gone, I've got a little bit of a free opportunity to give him a nudge, knock him out of the way. He's, he's not going to, you know, I'm going to get booked anyway. I might as well, you know. But, you know, uh, Michael's gone for it and he and said, yeah, have that one for that and have that one for that and get off. So, uh, an interesting one, that. But uh, yeah, it's one I agree with. Well, it's, it's two yellows, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. it's but you know, you say you, you take your chance. Some of the refs would have only given given the one, um, and and uh, potentially if he was on a yellow card, you wonder if he would have got a second one for that uh, that uh, the second challenge. But you know, he's he, you know, it's it's quite bold to have, have given the two in the in the same spell. But yeah, like I say, he was within his rights to do that. Anything else catch your eye this week or a game that you particularly enjoyed watching? Yeah, I enjoyed watching uh, Leeds Villa. I thought that was a fantastic <laughs> game. That yeah. and Everton Newcastle both, yeah, the two high scoring ones, just both end to end. Yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh I'll sort of kind of touch on it later, but that um yeah, the the, the Leeds game at Villa I think was a bit of a, a bit more an old school clash. There was some some tackles flying in. Obviously at the end there was a few yellows and a red and, and loads of goals and players going down with cramp and all sorts. So it was yeah, a fantastic. it was a right yeah, it was a good good 
real good watch, to be fair. Um, Players-wise, I thought it was an impressive debut from Luis Diaz last night. Um, I thought he looked really comfortable. Um, you know, he's a great player, and uh, the commentary team were talking a little bit as if he was a unknown plucked from the streets of Buenos Aires or someone like that. But uh, he's obviously not that. He's um, um, you know a, a quality player. But uh, even so, you've seen some sort of more high-profile, more experienced players go into games like that, and and not really not show but he looked super comfortable so uh looking forward to seeing him for the rest of the season i thought they played well the other night not his debut i know but um, i thought he he uh was a constant threat to the man united defense albeit sometimes i think that potentially being you playing up front could be a threat to to their defense well, but yeah, um yeah. but i thought he he did well linked up with j-rod did well yeah. and uh but i think for me probably jacob ramsey again yeah That's a couple of goals say, yeah yeah, he looks the right talent, doesn't he? And, uh, you know, put, get in that side. You've, you've spent a lot of money on that side. And uh, it's great to see him coming through from uh, from, the, from their academy and, and, and playing well, scored a couple of goals. Again, looks comfortable on the ball, looks looks great balance. So um, I think you mentioned it the other day about him knocking on uh, Gareth Southgate's door. Let's see if uh, um, I think he might, he, he might get in, to be fair. Tough competition, obviously, around that midfield. But um, there is at Villa, so why not? Absolutely. Anyway, enough of last week. Let's get on to this weekend. And for those of you that haven't heard the pod before, I'm going to preview the games and give you my score prediction. That way, you'll obviously also get my uh, idea on what I think the result's going to be, whether it's going to be under or over two and a half goals, or if both teams are going to score in the game or not. So kind of the main line markets that we that we know and love. Um, and uh, then Matthew's going to tell us which players from each side have caught his eye in the player-to-be-carded market. So let's crack on. And we start with a Saturday lunchtime game which is um, Manchester United versus Southampton, uh, 12.30 kickoff. And uh, obviously the red levels slipped to six in the EPL table after that 1-1 draw we were then talking about at Burnley, um, rock bottom Burnley as well. Um, and I think, to be honest, I thought it was a poster campaign for a performance of two halves. I thought they were dominant in the first half. I don't know if you caught the game, Matthew, but um, no. like one goal scored. Pogba with a, with a nice strike um, and then two goals disallowed contentiously, I think, was the, was the, the word uh, either side of that. Um, and then that second half was so scruffy. And um, again, De Gea pulled off a couple of decent saves to, to kind of effectively earn them a point in the end. Um, obviously conceded the equaliser and they, they failed to register a single shot on target in the second half, which uh, was a bit of a shocker, to be fair. Um, in contrast, Southampton, who travelled to Old Trafford, conceded two more away goals at Spurs in midweek, uh, which is the seventh successive league game that they've now shipped at least two, um, but obviously scored three goals of their own and uh, ensured they went back to the South Coast with three points. I don't know if you caught the stats on this one, mate, but... Um, you certainly could say that Southampton deserved it. They had they shaded possession. They had 23 shots at goal, no, 10 no. of which were on target. Um, they completed more passes than Spurs. They created more clear-cut chances than Spurs. And they had eight corners to Spurs as two. So, um, uh, yeah, so I think uh, it was it was most definitely a justified win. It wasn't a smash and grab. And although Spurs, they nicked a point with a... Another late, late equaliser. It wasn't to be. VAR intervened and uh, three points for Southampton, which is a, a decent return now. The last three games, they've well, so the last two games have picked up four points from Man City and, and uh, Spurs. So um, things on the up again, and they seem to be a bit of a roller coaster side, don't they? 
Yeah, Southampton very hit and miss. I, I thought when they played us, they were dominant, and minute they went one nil up, they sort of I don't know. They sort of got scared and sat back, even though we had ten men. So came back to haunt them, but they looked very. Yeah. When they went, when they went for it, they looked very tired. Yeah, I did a similar thing to Norwich. To be fair, they they dominated the first half, um, and and had taken an early lead, and uh, and then kind of say sort of sat back and and paid for the price for it. But uh, well, they're, they're travelling not to a very happy hunting ground. To be fair, Man United were undefeated in the last twelve matches against Southampton in all competitions. And I don't know if you can remember last season at Old Trafford. It was uh, a 9 nil humiliation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is Man United's joint biggest margin of league victory in their history. Um, although um, they've only lost, United this is, they've only lost one of the last 12 in the EPL. Um, they've won four of the last five uh, in the league at Old Trafford. And these kind of stats have surprised me a bit because things still don't just seem right under Rangnick. And uh, it's... Um, yeah, they're kind of underwhelming me like every time I see them. Um, but the stats on the basis of it, look at on paper, uh, it don't look too bad. Um, but I've got a gut feeling the other Ralph Hassenhutl will um, he's going to add three points here and, uh, and and add another kind of surprise victory uh, from his trip. So I'm going to I'm going to go with a two-one away win. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit. It's just a gut feeling. <laughs> Obviously, based on the stats there, you'd probably say. That's ridiculous. But um, yeah, early kickoff, it's got all the makings of that little kind of upset. And Southampton have got to go there with massive confidence after that performance yeah. at Spurs. So first team to beat Spurs at um, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium under uh, Conte in the league. And as for the card markets, we've got Stuart Atwell in charge of this one. Anything yeah, you've seen? Based, like combining yellow and red, like red counting as two, as three, six, five do. He's got mm-hmm. uh, 59 cards in 17 games, which is 3.47 yellows, well, well, cards per game. Yeah. And yeah, a couple stand out for me with 365 or Sky. Again, another surname we're going to butcher, but uh, the Southampton left bag. I'm not going to bother <laughs> Romain, his first name is. I'm not going to bother offending anyone by attempting to pronounce his surname. But um, yeah, he's. I've uh, checked the last five games, the left back's made at least one foul against Man U in the Prem, and two of them have been booked, including Peters in the last game. And yeah, the... Uh, Roman Which you was, selected, of course. Yeah, and uh, Roman was booked last game out as well, so he's, yeah, he's got track record for it at the moment. He's 6.5, odds of 6.5 with 3.65, Sky or William Hill. And then um, for United, Dallow is 8 with 3.65. He's got... Uh, Two yellows and eight starts. He averages 1.14 fouls per game. And last season in Italy, he got four yellows and 10 starts. So he's he's known for a card. And yeah, he probably have fresh legs of Gineppo coming up against him in the second yeah. half. Yeah, so he's got a good track record of a card. And I think seven to one or eight, depending on how you see it, is <laughs> very good value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so good. Yeah, uh, uh, Perot, I think is is, is Perot, yeah, yeah, is, caught caught my eye last time out, and I'd actually didn't back him, but uh, kicked myself when I saw he, he picked up a card. So I think that's a great shout, and said so the stats back it up. So very nice indeed. Um, and so obviously you, you followed that that route with um, Peter's last time out, and why change a winning formula? So yeah. very nice. 
Very nice indeed. So I've just checked on Bet365 and Dallow's at 8.5 now. So, um, not, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's on the drift for some reason. But there we go. Yeah, all good. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Cool. Thank you very much for those. So, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's got the makings. Uh, yeah, you do love the old um, early, early kickoff on a Saturday. So we'll see what goes on there. So on to the three o'clocks of which there are three uh, for Saturday. And uh, next up is Brentford versus Crystal Palace. So, um, yeah, for, for Brentford, it's, um, well, it was another defeat, wasn't it? So no surprise, really, obviously, at Manchester City. Uh, and a 2-0 scoreline is, is a lot more respectable than many are going to come away from the Etihad with. So no real disgrace in it. But it still amounts to seven defeats in the last eight league games including all of the last five, and they have shipped at least two goals in each of those. Um, I've got an agenda, haven't I? Thomas Frag described the performance as almost perfect, but uh, I don't know if you saw them, but there's two like bad individual errors which gave the goals to Man City, and you can't afford to give goals to Man City, or to be fair, any side in the Premier League. Um, you know, a sloppy one to give away the penalty, and then, and then the keepers had a bit of a nightmare, and They've had, a, they've had a few issues with, with keepers over the last... You know, they can't seem to be getting a... Getting a, I know Reyes just back from injury, but they're just not really uh, cutting it for him. And so those individual errors, they're the sort of things that not only give away goals, cost you points, and ultimately your EPL status. And they are hurtling at a rate of knots down to uh, the relegation zone. So it's getting very tight down there. Um, as for the Eagles, uh, well, their struggles away from Sellers Park continued in Norfolk on Wednesday. Um, they conceded the earliest goal of the Premier League season so far with Vicente Gieta picking the ball out of his net after just 38 seconds. Um, they've now won just one of the last 13 EPL away games uh, following that 1-1 draw. Um, and to be fair, it's a sluggish opening 20 minutes. Obviously, I... I, I took the opportunity to watch this game um, where Norwich really could have, should probably have extended their lead in that 20 minutes. Um, but from that moment on, I must admit, they completely dominated the game. Um, possession stats were through the roof and um, certainly in the second half looked really impressive. I'm sure you were, you were thrilled with a stunning strike from returning talisman Wilfred Zaha on the hour mark. I thought the penalty was better myself, to be fair. Oh, come on. Give the guys some credit. <laughs> no, it, was, it was a very good goal, yeah. But the penalty <laughs> made up for it. <laughs> All right, you mentioned the penalty twice. I was then coming on to that. They were left to rue that, that miss, miss. I call it a shanked penalty. He obviously blamed the the, the, the pitch. It was he had a little Never slip, cool. didn't he? <laughs> but um, it was it was a terrible miss, and ultimately cost them cost them you know, a couple of points. Uh, they never really liked. Uh, they never looked like surrendering the the point. They they really kind of looked odds on to to win it. But um, Norwich held on, so they got the point there. Um, so for me, I think this one's a game that that could hinge on which Palace side turn up. If it's anything like the one that impressed in the second 45 at Cow Road, um, their excited forward line, really, I do enjoy. I must admit, well, I didn't really enjoy watching them the other night, <laughs> but through, through, burning the fingers. But uh, it was, uh, yeah, they, they've got so much going forward. Uh, and I think this Brentford defence continues to give chances away. They seem to be sloppy and shaky. I don't think they've got a lot of confidence at the moment. And so with it, the individual errors, that's always a recipe for disaster. I'm going for a 2-1 away win and say so Palace to get only their second win of the season on the road. 
Who have we got in charge of this one? Uh, we've got Simon Hooper in charge of this one. Which, when looking at stats, I was surprised at. Do you know how many cards per game he's given? How many cards yeah, per game is he given? Four, which I four. thought was really high for him. I had him down as a, a low carder, but I was pleasantly yeah. surprised. Do you know what? I think with referees, you, you obviously you, there's there's the, the certain names, aren't there, that you kind of either put in the market of they never give any cards out and there's others that you go, they're card happy. Other than that, the ones kind of in the middle, the maybe not so much the household names, but the likes of Simon Hooper that you, know, you that you see, but not super regularly. You kind of base them a little bit on on how they are when your team are playing, or when you, yeah. you know, watch, you know, you, you remember it a little bit more, don't you? And he's not got a great reputation at Norwich, to be fair. So I probably had him more, uh, yeah, as a as a boo ref than a than a, than not. So um, yeah, good average. So. Um, this one should be quite tasty as well, to be fair. So what have you seen? Yeah, and two players both seven to one I've picked. So hopefully goes that Big way. So, yeah. <laughs> um so I've gone for another tried and tested method for me, a fullback against Palace. Yeah. I've gone Rico Henry is seven to one with Sky and William Hill. So he's only got two yellows this season. But the last Palace the last game obviously Williams mm. got booked at left back and Aaron's who was right back gave away a ten. <sighs> Yeah. And um, seven left-backs have been booked against Palace this season. Isn't and I know that far too well after Bertrand got booked into <laughs> Daniel. But, um, yeah. And then for Palace, Mark, this is this is dependent on team news because obviously last time I said Laporte to be booked because I was thinking Tony would start. Yeah. I've been looking. Tony should be fit for this. Mm-hmm. So if he... This is only if Tony starts. Mark Gay at centre-back is, again, 7-1 to one with Sky and William Hill. He's got yeah. uh, four yellows in 22, and he's up against Tony, who fouled 2.2 times per game, which I think, I could be wrong, is the second most fouled in the league behind Zahar. So it's, if Tony starts, Gay at 7-1 to one is my second pick. Excellent stuff. Yeah, very um, big, big odds there. I think that recap Henry one's a very interesting one. Like So we mentioned it, or you mentioned it, obviously, with the cards. Uh, for the Palace game last week, and and I said, yeah, either the either fullback is is like likes a card, and unfortunately we've kind of plumped for the wrong one, haven't we? But uh, um, just having a quick look through, and um, yeah, Tony is supposed to be back, isn't he? So um, yeah, it's, uh, it will it will definitely help that one if he if he is selected. So excellent stuff. I'm so, just checking now the odds of the doubles. I can imagine it would be quite high. It is. 65 to 1, the double with William Hill. So, definitely going to have a play of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there, there could be some cards in that one. And Hooper, as you say, he's got a good average and uh, I've seen him kind of lose it a little bit before. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll watch on with interest there. Uh, London Derby, of course. Uh, right, on to the next three o'clock game and it is Everton hosting Leeds. Um, so, this has the makings of an absolute cracker for me. Um so Frank Lampard's new manager bounce went a little bit flat in midweek. Uh, first league game in charge ended in a 3-1 defeat at Newcastle, which was a huge loss. Obviously took the lead through an own goal, gave the lead away through an own goal. And um, that result basically shrunk the gap between the Toffees and the bottom three to just two points. Um, it's getting very, very tight down there. No win in six league games now for Everton. They've lost each of the last four. Um, and it goes without saying that this one is a massive game 
and I feel the first goal could be crucial. Everton get it. You imagine the, the, the Goodison crowd are going to be up from the start for this one. Obviously, Lampard in the dugout, uh, his first home league game in charge. Obviously, home in the cup, 1-4-1. So, they've got that feel-good factor from, from there. So, I can see them roaring them on. But if they can see first, as they have done in each of their last four uh, home games then um, I think the atmosphere could turn a little bit um, a little bit dodgy for the home yeah, side. Nice. Yeah, uh, I think you know, it's, that, it's that right on their borderline at the moment, isn't it? I think mm. they're obviously with the new manager in, Benitez has gone, but you know, they're, they're, so, <laughs> they're, um, they're, they're so close to that relegation zone. And then that, that loss during the week, I think it, it's already at that point where there's a bit of pressure on him. So uh, obviously the Leeds fans, I'm sure... We'll give him a very, very warm reception. I'm sure they'll be taking plenty to uh, to Goodison. And um, yeah, I, I don't think they've forgotten the um, the little incident while he was at Derby. So I'm sure that might crop up. <laughs> so it should be a cracker. Um, as, as for Leeds, a 3-3 thriller at Villa. I'll make it hard for myself. In midweek, saw Marcella Bielsa's side take the lead but then have to come from two goals down to salvage a crucial point. And that's put a four-point buffer um, although they're only one place above the hosts, Everton here, it's a four-point buffer, which is quite a nice one. Obviously a win, and you're then looking at a very nice gap. Um, but the sides below are all starting to pick up points. It is getting very, very tight at the bottom. So it's a, a crucial game for both sides. And given the scores of recent times, I say I'm looking forward to it. I think this one should have loads of goals. Um, Everton conceded in each of their last eight in the league. And Leeds have gone one better than that. They've conceded uh, in each of the last nine. Um, a game, really, I said, neither side can afford to lose, but equally important that, that they win, probably more so for Everton. Um, reports suggest, coming in to me from my Leeds sources, that Rafinha had one of his poorest games in a Leeds shirt. I didn't see yeah, all of that that game, as you watched it, didn't you? So, or most of it. Yeah, he might he might as well have not been playing the first half. His Leeds fans are folks who were saying, like, when are we gonna sub him on and stuff? That like, is non existent, yeah. Yeah. Obviously came back from Brazil, had a little knock. Yeah. Um so probably mitigating circumstances. It was bloody cold. I saw him training, you could only see his eyes. So it was uh, I assume it was him. But um I um I think he's too good to to be that kind of player that that throws in two substandard performance so yeah. I'm going to mark him down as the one that's going to make a difference and as a result I'm actually going to go for a narrow away win here um, I'm going to go with uh, so I expect goals so I'm going to go with 2-1 to Leeds yeah. and you've got Graham Scott in charge and again I think there's going to be a brilliant atmosphere here which obviously helps with the with the card markets what do you make of Scotty? Yeah, he gives just less than four a game. He gives 3.78 a game. And, um, yeah, so at 7.5 with Betfair is Andros Townsend. So he's oh, got, right. um, I know it's a bit of an odd one, but this is what he's always one I look out for. Him and Gordon, when they're playing on yeah. the wing and Benitez, always racked up quite a few thousand yellows and were always eights or above. So they're ones mm. I looked at. But he's a bit shorter now, but. He makes three or so tackles a game. He's, Am um, I right in thinking that Lampard's been playing him as a wing-back? Yep. He's shifted yeah. to a left-back and mm. five left-backs left have been booked against... Well, yeah, left wing-back, left-back. Yeah. Five le left wing-backs or left-backs have been booked against mm. Leeds this season. So he's, it's always tricky against Rafinha. And 
obviously I know more than anyone how Junior should have been booked last game. But yeah. So yeah, so lucky left back and then um four point five with Sky and William Hill is Dallas he's got uh, three yellows in his last five and he's likely playing ninety because he could play centre mid or left back, so Yeah. Yeah, he's a super utility player, isn't he? And um, I was on him to get pick up a card this week uh, and he duly obliged. So, yeah, great shout there. Still a nice price. It's funny how some of these mm. players kind of pick up cards or regular card um, you know, collectors and uh, the bookies don't really tend to top them too much. Where others, they, they go in crazy on them. So uh, that, that looks like a very nice price there. And I'm interested with that Townsend one. I think that's a nice little uh, kind of left field pick out there uh, against Rafinha, who hopefully will be on form. So should be good. Right. OK, the final 3 p.m. game for Saturday. Oh, it's the a big one, one, isn't it? Best game of the weekend. <laughs> Thought you might pick up for this one. <laughs> it <laughs> is. And if, if you haven't guessed, uh, Watford versus Brighton. Uh, so the Hornets are the only side in the bottom four not to pick up a point in midweek as Roy Hodgson lost his first game in charge of the club at the second hurdle. Um, I do wonder if his attempt to plug his porous defence is having a detrimental impact further forward as the blank against the Hammers made it three games without a goal as they stretched their winless sequence to 11, nine of which have ended in defeat. Um, it's not looking pretty. He's obviously gone in there, and, and they were, I think they were a little unlucky not to get another clean sheet against um, uh, against West Ham. Um, it's obviously what he's going to do, and was was needed. But you know, it, it does seem to have blunted them a little bit going forward. Have, have you have you seen much of Watford under Hodgson? No, but I've seen um, he's been putting out last game four four two, but he's four centre midfielders, so he's very compact like he dropped Joel Pedro but cleverly on the wing. He had cleverly and Kutra on the wing, I think it was. Which is yeah. very strange. <laughs> yeah, and he's obviously got his methods. Mm. Can't say he's inexperienced. So uh nah. we'll see if um yeah, so I think he's he's trying to set that up first of all. So it could be an interesting one against you. Um for me it's a record I I, I You'll be pleased to know I find hard to see ending against the Seagulls. Um, you obviously kept five clean sheets in the last seven meetings between the two sides. Um, and you've only been beaten once away from home this season, haven't you? And only yeah, league leaders Man City can match that. It's a huge club. Man City are a huge club, you're <laughs> right, but enough of them. Um, Brian, um, you obviously got a system that's working well away from home. and You've been to most away games, haven't you? Yeah, only Leicester missed, I think. Yeah. But um so obviously you had no midweek game, that must help as well. You must go you're going bright and fresh for the battle. You and you had your key players returning from injury. Obviously you've got your Websters and your Dunks back. Um so I think that you've got all the makings that I think you're gonna have too much for Watford. Um you're gonna you've you've drawn the last three on the on the bounce, one one. Um but I think you're gonna snap that run here. I think it's gonna be another clean sheet. And a win to nil. I'm going for 2-0 to, to Brighton. You'll be thrilled to know. Have you got anything to add? You're obviously the Brighton expert here. Uh, yeah, we've been... <clears throat> we're getting results early in the season, but it's probably the worst we've played under Potter the first few months. It's only really since Boxing Day where... Well, we had a few good performances before Boxing Day, like Liverpool away and like Watford at home, Arsenal at home. But for that, performances weren't as good as they were last season. But since Boxing Day... I'd say, yeah, we've been a better team in the majority of games since Boxing Day, and that includes twice against Chelsea. So yeah. performances are turning around and results are sticking, which is a very positive mm-hmm. thing. And, yeah, we've got McAllister back from COVID, Trossard's back fit, 
So mm-hmm. two of our most creative players. So yeah, yeah we've got Casino coming back from his loans. He looked good against Spurs. Webster dunked back. Yeah, so it's mm. basically a fully fit team now. So it's yeah. all clicking into players. Well, I think those extra couple of days um, of, of rest and preparation time could well be key because I think on your paper, you're, you're, well. you're the better side. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. Just so it's all all back. looking good. Well, one of your favourite referees in charge in John yeah, Moss. <laughs> so uh, what, what have you been able to pick out of this one? Because it's quite a tough one. Um, yeah, I was looking at the um, the classic Atkinson bet for yesterday for this game because uh, Moss mm. has given two point four cards per game, so forty eight and twenty. I think yeah. this is boosted because he's given quite like, a few reds. I think. Yeah, um, he's given zero cards in a quarter of his games, and the Atkinson bet, which is nil nil and zero cards, yeah. has landed once this season in the West Ham City. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been able to check best prices, but it's eighty something with. 86 to 1 or something with Bet365. So if you can find something like, I'd say 120 or above, I'd sprinkle a few pennies on that. Yeah, um, I, you know what? I agree with you as well. I agree with you. He's obviously reluctant to get his cards out and and, and both sides are you know, renowned to keep it tight and uh, and um, and should should be relatively low scoring. Um, so yeah, I think that's worth having a little look at. An anti-card bet. <laughs> But, but if, if there were cards, <laughs> I've got I've got a couple just based on team news. But mainly, main one again, I'm going in again at the same price as the weekend uh, midweek. Sorry, Kamara is seven. Yeah, because um he, he didn't make a foul last game, but he made four tackles last game. But he still averages a foul a game despite not making a foul last game. Yeah, and the main reason is just up against Lamptey. I always back the opposition against Lamptey and. Depending on formation, Lamptey could be pushed further forward again as he was against Spurs in the second half. Yeah. So having him against you is not good. But um, if if cleverly starts left wing again, which I don't think he will, because apparently he was quite poor, he's sevens as well, which again will be directly against Lamptey. Or so sevens for cleverly. He's quite no disrespect, like quite slow and a bit lethargic nowadays. Mm. Yeah, that's quite a big price for him. Yeah. Okay. And you're not going for a Brighton player? Yeah, and then... You are. For, yeah, I am. I've got two... This, again, depending on team, he's Cucurella at fives. I don't think I've seen him this high this season. He's only got oh. three yellows, but he averages about eight or nine a season. And he, yeah. Saar could be back. He could be against Saar. But if Lamptey... This is, this is a weird one. It's a bit of a riddle, but... If you get your head around it, if Lamptey starts and Veltman doesn't, Webster will more likely be covering that right back as uh-huh. we go forward. And it, like the way we play, Dunk pushes up quite a lot. So Webster's when we're pushing, Dunk Webster's often left back on his own, so he can sometimes make some cynical fouls. He's got four yellows in twelve starts this season, and he's six to one to be carded, which I think is quite nice. nice. But it all depends Absolutely. if based on team news. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Veltman doesn't cool. start and Lamptey does. One to keep an eye on around about two o'clock on Saturday. So fantastic. Cool. That's the three o'clock start. We're on to the live game on Saturday tea time. And why have they done it to us? Why does the world want to see Norwich hosting Manchester City uh, live on TV? So, right. Okay. What, what do I make of this one? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, 
we touched on the Palace game earlier. Penalty miss. A couple of very impressive saves from Angus Gunn. Had his best game since signing um, this summer. Obviously, he's deputising for Tim Krull. Um, it was a vital point. I'd say it was a fortuitous point in midweek. Um, as I mentioned, we registered the speediest goal of the EPL season through top scorer Timu Puki. Uh, 38 seconds on the clock. And it was the only shot on target we had over the remaining 90 plus minutes. So um, you can see kind of how that one went. We had 28% of the ball against Palace. So if we have it only 28% against Palace, I'd dread to think how little uh, Norwich are going to see against uh, the champions. Um, now, they had a routine win over Spirited Brentford side in midweek. Um, it was a 13th win for them in the last 14 league games. They shut out their opponents uh, 14 times in the league this season um, and a that was their 100th clean sheet in the competition during Pep's 214 game reign in the EPL at the other end Riyad Mahrez scored for a 7th successive club appearance only two other players have done such an achievement under Pep Guardiola's managerial reign um, one being Sergio Aguero and the other you might have heard of him a lad called Lionel Messi so quite prestigious company for Mares to uh, to be keeping there um, especially when you consider the rotation in the uh, Man City side and the and say the competition for places in that those forward areas I think that's quite a special achievement from him there um, Man City have won the last two meetings between these two sides 10-0 on aggregate um, well, well, the last time they played at Carrow Road, Norwich actually produced the performance of the season. It was obviously their relegation season two seasons ago, uh, where they recorded a shock 3-2 victory. Um, I think this is a man's different Man City side from those days. Um, the likes of Otamendi have long gone, and he gifted a, a goal, at least one goal on that day. And it was just one of those results that, that happens. Uh, you look at Norwich's record this season against kind of the, the top four or five sides in the league. Um, opened up with a 3-0 defeat at home to Liverpool, went to Man City and lost 5-0, went to Chelsea and lost 7-0, had Arsenal at Carrow Road and lost 5-0, lost 3-0 again to Liverpool at home in the League Cup. You get the trend, you get, you get where I'm going with it, no goals scored and about 153 conceded, um, obviously the lowest scorers in the league. And although they've turned things around, you know, they are showing a lot more resilience in the last uh, few weeks and they were unbeaten in the last five. This is a different kettle of fish. Um, and as I said, they were a little bit fortunate to, to even pick up a point during the week against Palace. Um, look, Man City are going to have far too much quality form here. The only thing that I would say is that the Champions League is next week. That returns. Um, they've got a date with Sporting um, three days after this one. So I'd say they're probably going to declare at four this time round rather than the five they've got the last two times they've met. I'm going for a 4 nil away win. Oh dear. Anyway, that's that over and done. We're right on. <laughs> Andre, enjoy that at tea time. I won't be. Andre Mariner is the referee. Um, what, what, what have you dug out here? Yeah, he's one that used to be like an Atkins Center and Moss, but this season he's um, he's picked it up. He's got 62 and 17, which is 3.64 a game, but he sort of slowed down a bit. He Last two games, he's given quite a few cards. But before that, he went three games in a row without showing a card. Yeah. So he's slowly showing signs going back to his old non-card himself. And when it's City, 
because as you said, City should have too yeah. much quality. And not, I, yeah. I don't know the record, but City, I can't imagine City in these games like Brentford, just not much Perfect competition, yeah. not many cards. So, but again, if I had to pick one, it would be, um, oh, there we go, I just scrolled up back to them there. Uh, McLean at sevens with three six three six five. He's got two yellows in his last three starts, and with De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, all that in the midfield, and Grealish, <laughs> and that coming in, he's got a big job in his hand. Yeah, and um, it's likely he'll be the um, the sort of more the the holding more aggressive midfielder. Obviously, not really got a CDM. Um, Norman would be the one that would normally be probably pinpointed as that although he's not your traditional style uh he's just come back from injury so uh, it's been said that he's not ready for 90 minutes yet he's been playing alongside Pierre Lemelou um who's more the the ping and the passes around kind of guy he gets about the pitch but yeah not bad for Yellow himself likes, likes to slide on his backside rather than uh, stand up and tackle so as, as an option and I say that they're going to be very much overworked in that midfield but at the prices I think McLean's a good pick yeah, that Norman was obviously the obvious pick, but I think his odds are very, very short. So yeah, and, and not I, very I don't think, I don't think yeah. he'll start. It'd be a surprise. You know, he, he came off the bench during the week, but yeah, I'd imagine um, McLean will start, and and at that price is a, is a is a very good shout. And um, Aaron's at five point five with Sky William Hill, but that's only if Greer starts. But and then uh, for City, yeah. I I really I thought I'm going to keep going. Get, give one from each side. Yeah. Really looked out of thought might be worth is Walker 8.5 with 365 purely because he's booked last game and like, what I know he's just thinking maybe just a cynical foul I'm too confident on a City card. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'd say yeah, look at the Norwich, but you know, as I said, we're set out to do one from each side. So look for a bit of value, and uh, it's, again, it's a big price. And uh, yeah, with you know, there's some good width, and Rashika played very well, certainly in the first half out wide left against um, Palace. Um, he was the supplier for, although he didn't get the assist, he supplied the cross. Um, did all the hard work leading to the opening goal. Um, and he also was the guy that sent the cross in for the two chances that, that Pookie didn't quite convert um, within that first 20 minutes. And uh, so he, was, he got man of the match. He was the best player, certainly on the, on the Norwich side. So um, that side would be where I'd be looking as far as, um, yeah, as far as, um, uh, uh, say, a, a Man City card. Um, apparently, I think Josh Sargent might be back. I don't know what odds he was. I haven't looked at the odds for him, to be fair, but uh, he could well be back in the lineup this um, weekend. And uh, he does like to put himself about. But uh, so, one to keep an eye on as well. But that's great stuff. Thank you very much indeed. So, we're going to move on to Sunday's games now. And uh, the first one that we have is Burnley versus Liverpool. And we mentioned the Clarets earlier. Um, and they were a little tad fortunate, I think, to still be in the game during the week at Man United. Uh, say, had who had two further goals chalked off for minor infringements either side of a poor Pogba strike. And I'd probably say uh, certainly that first one without VAR would have stood and the second one was just a linesman's opinion and, uh, uh, and, and I say... A little hard luck, but there you go. These things happen. Um, it's a much improved second half showing for, for Burnley, though. And as as we mentioned again at the top of the podcast, Foutwell course tested David De Gea. He linked well with Jay Rodriguez. He provided the assist 
for his equaliser and and generally impressed with his all-round showing and uh, which earned Burnley a, a well-deserved point in the end. Um, third successive draw does still leave them bottom of the table, however, um, and say so the other sides are picking up points still. So uh, work to be done at Turf Moor, and this one is a tough one. And I don't know if you saw the game yesterday, but Liverpool cruised to a two-nil win at Anfield. Um, Diogo Jota bagged a brace to remind both Klopp and the cop that his side don't need to be totally reliant on the return of Mo Salah, who got an amazing reception when he came on as a 60th-minute substitute. And obviously Sadio Mane, who wasn't involved last night, but he's now back in contention as well um, for a Liverpool side that that they managed to get some good results without those two. So adding those two into the mix again um, can only be a good thing for them as they, they you know, try and stay in touch at the top. I must admit, Salah came on and he looked, he looked fresh as a daisy. Bloke had played four uh, extra time games in, in the space of like 10 days in, in Africa. And he came on and looked like he'd been on holiday in Barbados for a couple of weeks. Um, really lively. So he had a 30-minute um, cameo. Um, he managed four attempts at goal. He hit the bar once and forced three saves from Kasper Schmeichel, um, who made nine saves in total. So it was a busy night for, for Schmeichel and illustrated the Reds' dominance. They looked a massive threat from set pieces. Um, again, it's an impressive display, although they had to wait until very near to the end until they uh, kind of got that decisive goal. It never really looked in doubt that they'd, uh, they'd win, to be honest with you. Uh, that made it five straight wins for Liverpool, and I expect it to become six here at Turf Moor. Third successive 3-0 win is, um, is what I've gone for. So I've won, won the last two visits there, 3-0. So I'm going to go for a, a hat-trick of 3-0 wins for for the Reds. And um, we've got, <laughs> we mentioned him a couple of times already, we've got Martin Atkinson in charge. Fun. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting, gave... a couple of the big, the, the kind of more, more high-profile card happy referees dropped down a, a, a division this weekend and uh, they've kind of left the more middle middle of the ranges for you to pick the bones out of, haven't they? They've not done you any favours. No, no, he's uh, given 41 and 15 for 2.7 per game. He was on the West Ham Watford, I think. Unless my memory's tricking me. He was on the West, West Ham Watford given one card, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got he's gone one card and under in six out of 15 games now. Mm-hmm. But if I had uh, for card Jack Cork at 4.5 with 3.65, Sky or William Hill, he's yeah. likely to start because Brownhill suspended and Westwood and Brownhill have got six cards apiece and set them in field for Burnley. So Cork, Cork's only got one, but he hasn't started as much. So, yeah, a big like Deitch likes to set the tone in the midfield, so leaving to a lot of leading to a lot of centre mid cards and. Mm-hmm. With Liverpool playing three across the middle and Burnley only playing two, I think there'll be a mismatch in midfield. I can see Cork picking up a book in. I think it's a good shout. And then for my Liverpool one, it's a very left field one. Very, very. Mm-hmm. 9.5 odds, Bobby Firmino. Yeah. He's got... um His last two Prem starts, he's picked up a card. So, yeah, 9.5 for that. That's all I'm going off already. He's got two yellows and seven starts, both in the last two, and probably up against physical centre-backs in me and Tarkovsky, always like a battle. So Yeah. I think also with him, he's, he's obviously got a bit of a point to prove. Jota's goal-scoring record and his ability generally is probably putting him ahead of Firmino in the pecking order now. Um, 
I said like Diaz coming in yesterday looks very impressive as well. I think you know the it's up against it to to keep in that Liverpool side, um, and the, the he has you know has to work hard, and um, he he showed that yesterday. He so with his track and back, which is where he got his his card from. He picked his card up about twenty five yards from from his own goal, having tracked the run. He lost the ball in midfield, but then tracked the run back and made a forward tackle, shall we call it, and uh, and picked up the picked up the yellow. So. I think that's a good shout at, at, at high odds, given yeah, given the nature of the, of the game. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Right, excellent. Uh, big price as well. So uh, on to Newcastle versus Aston Villa, two o'clock on Sunday. Uh, Eddie House or his side record back-to-back wins for the first time this season with a big midweek defeat of Everton. And it's now no defeat in four, a run which has seen them escape from the relegation zone. First come from behind victory at home since 2019, uh, which is all must, must also be a pleasing stat for the fans. Uh, Obviously, it's a good, good sign of resilience and showing that you know they're not giving up and sort of a decent like team team ethos. So, um, despite the low position, they've only lost one of the last seven EPL matches at St James's Park, and that was to Man City. Um, so again, no disgrace there, and a surprising uh, sort of fairly decent run of form at home uh, in in the league. Although you can throw a, a defeat to Cambridge in the mix there as well in the FA Cup, but let's focus on the league and uh, look at the positives for Newcastle. Um, Villa Park hosted one of the most entertaining games. Again, we touched on it. I totally agree. I thought it was a, it was a great game from the from the bits that I saw, and I watched some highlights of it as well after the game I had watched on Wednesday night. Um, Stevie G must see that as two points dropped. Though I'd say. His side took a two-goal lead in first half injury time, um, but um, couldn't hold on and, and ended up sharing the spoils. I think they continued to look one of the best offensively. Their defending at times can only be described as, one of my favourite words, shambolic. I think it was a crazy red card for Konza is going to lead to a reshuffle at the back, but they need it. Although I think it might have been better if Tyra Mings had picked up the, uh, the one-match suspension. Oh, well, I didn't see that. So, yeah, well, yeah, well, I'd, I'd pass it on to Mings. I know you've seen this, the fact that he effectively had three assists for the three Leeds goals, didn't he? It was, he, he was at fault for all of them. I know. Oh, he was horrific again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and some of the the yeah the, the show reel of his uh, his performance, um, yeah, he's he's going to be hanging on there. I know. Say, Callum Chambers came on um, ahead of Courtney House, so um, I'd imagine both of them will be knocking on the manager's door. To be honest with you, but we'll see what what um, Gerard does with that. So a big call for him because obviously Mings is uh, is is um, quite well up there at Villa Park. Um, so for me, Newcastle tails are up. They're unbeaten in the last um, 13 matches at St. James's Park against Villa. Um, the Midlands side last win came here before you were born, Matthew, 2005. A game possibly more memorable for being, uh, you've probably seen this on old YouTube clips, but um, the highlight of that particular game for the neutral, I suppose, was Kieran Dyer and Lee Bowyer having an on-field punch-up. So that game actually Villa won, so but no one really remembers it for that, uh, other than Villa fans, I guess. Um, this I think this should be a cracker. Another one uh, like we've, we've touched on before should be front foot, should be plenty of goals. Defenses look weak, attacks look uh, exciting. Uh, you know, I heard the, the eulogies about um, Alan Samaximan on uh, midweek saying he was unplayable. Um, I think that. Uh, 
yeah, him, you're probably going to come on to him in a moment, but he was, uh, he was, uh, yeah, so putting a sensational display. So lots to look forward to attack wise. And hey, we don't mind a bad defense as long as it's not our own, do we? So exactly. I'm going for a high score draw after all that. Anyway, I'm going to go for a 2 2. Yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> um, and we've got Craig Porston with the whistle here. And uh, what do you make of him? And, and who's going to be seeing yellow or red? I really like Porston's ref. He's given 4.3 cards per game so 95 and 22 nice and yeah as you said should be a very end-to-end game similar to mm. Newcastle Everton and Leeds Villa yeah and uh tries the atmosphere because these two have got like I wouldn't say a rivalry but dislike for each other because um Villa they're trying fans... to outspend each other that's what they're doing yeah <laughs> and I remember game I don't know what year it was Villa had a sign in the um, stand I think when it, I think it was when Newcastle went down um, saying sob on the time again. So it's always very oh. quite feisty games between these. And yeah, I think like the end of nature should add to that. So I've gone, I'm yeah. going to get hurt by him again, but I've mm. gone a Dinier five with Sky William Hill. I don't know if you Still saw the tackle on Rafinha, but yeah, I'd say quite lucky to not to be burped. And he should be against St. Maximum this weekend. Five, mm-hmm. he's got five yellows, and he yeah, should have been booked last game. So I think fives with Sky William Hill is quite a big, it's, it's a big price. Prize. And then another player I picked last game, uh, Joel Linton is four with their three six five. He's um, I mentioned it before with Forshaw card, but Forshaw didn't start, so didn't back that. But um, I think it's six of the last eleven centre mids play against Villa or something like that have been booked. High tack the centre mids against Villa high tackling so again all it takes to miss time one, and he's been booked in a quarter of his games and also gave away three fouls last game so yeah, three yeah. to one or fours for Jolinton to be booked. And that centre mid area for Villa is a is a very uh, exciting area so um yeah they they love to break out from there some good say pace intricate passing, um I can see that one happening so yeah some nice prices there I'm I'm, I'm surprised by the Dina price as well I must admit so um. And let's hope Paulson's on, on form, brings the noise. OK, um, another two o'clock game on Sunday. Tottenham versus Wolves. Antonio Conte suffered his first home league defeat in midweek as he found himself on the wrong end of a five-goal thriller. Despite leading 1-0 and 2-1, obviously ended up losing 3-2. Um, I went through the stats earlier, so that's got to be a worry for him. That you know his side allowed Southampton more of the ball. They faced twenty-three shots, ten of them on target, only forced three corners, conceded eight. Everything was going. I'm sorry, at two, eight to two. Um, they, they just, um, yeah, they, just everything went against it. Uh, and uh, there's no argument that opponents richly deserve the three points. So he's going to be looking for a reaction here. He's not the kind of manager that's going to sit back and take that. Uh, and I saw some of his post-match um, comments. So we uh, might see a little bit of a reshuffle here. Um, the old gold, though, should prove a different puzzle to solve um, from that one. Obviously, high scoring, sort of end-to-end shots fired in, etc., etc. Um, that game's produced uh, comfortably the fewest amount of goals in the league. Uh, 36 in total from their 22 fixtures so far. So that's just 1.63 per game. Uh, it's 10 less than any other team. Um, the 1-0 home defeat to Arsenal uh, was the 13th league game this campaign where fewer than two goals were scored, which is a huge amount, 59%. If you look at the odds of under one and a half goals um, at the start of a game and you think that you'd pick to win up 
um, 13 wins on that bet, um, 60% of their, their league games this season, then you'd be well in, in a very tidy profit. Um, obviously, the odds are starting to reflect that now, but uh, yeah, even so. Um, it was the second 1-0 defeat in a week following the cup exit to Norwich, and Bruno Lager's side also lost back-to-back games 1-0 in December, so it's no uh, no new experience for them. Um after that second 1-0 defeat in December, they then went on a five-game unbeaten run, including four wins. So he's hoping that history is going to repeat himself starting here at Tottenham, although it is a tough game. Um, saying that, Wolves have won their last three league road trips and they've conceded just once over those games. And we'll take confidence from the fact that Spurs have now actually lost two of their last three in their own stadium in all competitions. Um I found them hard to split. I'm not quite sure what Spurs side we're going to get. And I'm not quite sure, yeah, Wolves, it's hard to pick, you know, and be confident in a side that just lost two games on, on the bounce um, without scoring as well. Um, I'm going to go and sit on the fence squarely and firmly here. I'm actually going to go for a 1-1 one, one draw. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> um, so, but not, yeah, not overly confident. But anyway, Kevin Friend. Are you a friend, Kevin Friend? Sometimes he's he, he gets on my nerves sometimes, but we normally get along. Yeah, he's given um, exactly so 3.94 cards per game, 67 and 16. Um, yeah, so one like they're very stingy car prices, I thought, when I went on odds checker, but um, I'm, I'm just checking now because it was only 365 available now, so that's it was quite stingy. Few more nice prices come along now, but it doesn't change my main bet, which is Benton Kerr at four to one, which I think is quite nice. Favorite. Yeah. He was booked. He came off the bench against Brighton in the cup. Can't remember how long he had, but he got booked for a cynical pull. It was like he's asking to be booked. He was holding onto the shirt for like a good five yeah. seconds. So yeah, and he's the average is about. He's been playing in Italy. Who'd imagine it? <laughs> exactly, and he averages about eight yellows season over the last few seasons in Italy yeah. and yeah I think Hoiberg's been disappointing recently and hooked after 60 minutes for Benton Kerr so I think Benton Kerr will start yeah it's just whether don't know whether he'll adapt to the pace of the Prem straight away and stuff so I don't know I just think four to one with someone with his card record making his first league start yeah. it's quite a nice prize and you make a good point and say that the speed of the pace of the Premier League is different from well, pretty much any league in the world, isn't it? So, um, perfect for the, uh, a, a guy that likes a little grab of the shirt. Exactly. Which should be and... the obvious and easy yellow card to give. We have seen them not given, of course. But, uh, yeah, should be a, should be an easy and straightforward one. I was going to go Harry Winks at 3-1 to one with 3-6-5 because I couldn't find a Wolves, the only Wolves player above 3-1 to one was better 3-6-5. I think was Cody and don't like backing mm. in for a card. But mm. again, as we were talking, I just checked an odd checker and Sky and William Hill have priced up a few. And then Donka at 4.33. I quite like. He's yeah. got three yellows in 10 starts. He'll probably be filling in for Latino again. Two of his yellows came against, I think it was City and Liverpool. So he tends to, he tends yeah. to show up and get cards against, yeah, it was against uh, City, City in Liverpool. She tends to show off and get cards in the so-called against the so-called big six. So hopefully Excellent. again, 
Yeah, so cool, big six, indeed. Cool, okay, very nice indeed. Yeah, I like them shouts again, absolutely. And uh, well, let's move on to our final game of the weekend. Uh, four o'clock, sorry, four thirty on Sunday. Leicester versus West Ham. Um, Brendan Rodgers felt Leicester's battling performance. His quotes after the game said they, they restored some pride after their embarrassing FA Cup loss on Forest. And to be fair, I agree with that. They kind of rolled their sleeves up and, and made Liverpool fight for the three points. And they, obviously, as we mentioned, only claimed the decisive second goal in the 87th minute. To be honest, it couldn't have been worse than that Forest performance. So it didn't take a lot of doing. But yeah, I think fair enough, they did. And obviously, interesting selection choices. Um, dropping uh, Harvey Barnes to the bench. Uh, whether that was purely tactical or more to it, we don't know. Um, but Albrighton came in and worked his socks off. Um, no Tealmans in midfield. Um, indeed, he went back to, to centre-back. Uh, him and Armalti played quite well, to be honest, I thought, um, in, a, in a very tough game. Um, so, yeah, say some some interesting ones. Iheanacho was dropped as well for Pat, uh, Daxon, Pat but he... Um, yeah, didn't really impress. So I'd expect to see Inacho back uh, this weekend. Uh, he did look quite lively when he came on. Um, so I think the Foxes' confidence has got to be clearly got to be low, and they don't have a very good record against West Ham. They lost four one in the reverse fixture in August, um, and the Hammers themselves, as we mentioned earlier, moved back to that much sought after fourth place in the table with a one nil win over Watford during the week. Another strike from man informed Jared Bowen. That's his sixth goal in as many games for the club and his 14th goal involvement of the season. And only one man has more than that so far. And that is, of course, Mo Salah. Um, the 14th goal involvement is actually one more than his total in last season for Bowen. So he really is impressed. And we touched on him on the last podcast. We said he was going to be threat. He, he got the match winner. Um, we can't do no more than that. <laughs> um, but I expected, uh, expected to be a... a, a Yes, they are very confident and uh, a man to watch at uh, at the weekend. Um, since the council win over Norwich in January, though, West Ham have failed to impress. You know, back-to-back defeats have then been followed by that unconvincing cup win against Kidderminster, where they're very fortunate not to be uh, booted out. Um, and then, uh, say, so a bit of a scrappy 1-0 from a deflected strike uh, against Watford in the league. But, hey, look, they got the job done on both occasions and I suppose that's all you can ask for. And you can't argue with the position that they take in the league uh, and how well they're doing this season. Um, and I think they might well just get the job done here again at the King Power. Um, again, not convinced by both defences, although um, West Ham did keep a clean sheet at the weekend. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 away win here. Uh, and we've touched on it uh, offline, but you've got to look at West Ham being a big threat from set pieces here. I think the world and his wife currently knows that um, that Leicester are conceding the shed loads from set pieces. They looked all over the place from every every delivery from Trent Alexander-Arnold last night. And obviously his delivery is exceptional. Um, Van Dijk was a threat in the air at every one. But for Van Dijk, you can probably substitute um, three or four West Ham players that will be fancying their chances from anything that gets tossed into the box. You, um, you, you know, you look at Zuma, Dawson... Um, 
Antonio, Suchek, even like Declan Rice uh, is, is, is you know, decent aerially. So it could be another tough one for Leicester, I think. Um, so uh, as a side note, we're not really touching on these markets, but certainly worth having a little look, I think, through the uh, the specials, normally with Skybet and Paddy Power, um, where you can pick up headed shots on target uh, or headed goals, uh, or even, say, just your defenders um, to be, to be um, say, scoring. Uh, check out the prices on there and see what floats your boat. Wait for some team news because obviously there might be a little bit of a, a change for West Ham with everything that's been going on. We're not too sure, but they've certainly got a, your sport for choice, I think, as far as working out who might well be uh, getting it on the end of a, a cross or a corner. So uh, that's what I'm going for there. 2 1 to West Ham. And um, to wrap up the card situation. We've got Michael Oliver, who was a busy man last night. Is he going to be busy again at the King Power? Yeah, so both flurries yesterday saw his average rise to 3.5 per game. So he's given 98 in 28. Hmm. Um, yeah, but just touching upon your set-piece thing, I saw a tweet earlier saying a corner versus Leicester is like getting a penalty. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely think Dawson, if you can see odds for him to get headers on target, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, but, but in terms of yellow cards, I've gone for a man you mentioned, Declan Rice is six, odds of six with three, six, five. He's got um, six yellows and 23, probably against Madison, who's less a player, 1.7 mm. times per game. And yeah, Rice is, wears his heart on his sleeve, likes to go into a school, yeah, and I just think, I think it'd be quite a tight cage game. Yeah, and I, I think just on that point, I think... Game. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great shout, and we we mentioned it before. But with the card selections that you're making, they're not necessarily like you now. This is a tough market. You've obviously got to rely on the player. There's the crowd situations. There's the 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 match situation. They've got the referee. You've got a lot of human involvement there to for the, for, for the stars to align and and for it to come into play. But all you can do, and I think what you said there is right, is that your central midfielder who's going to get stuck in, who's up against a creative talent that does get fouled a lot doesn't mind accentuating any any touches and you're getting a price which is is probably bigger than he, than he should be really to be fair and I think that's all you, all you can do and it's like we say point in the direction of the bigger prices and 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 then then you kind of just hoping as I say that the stars align a little bit so um yeah good good pick yeah you only need two of two of like these 20 to be booked if you did flat state to be in profit obviously I'm not going to back yeah. all of them but and this is what we're talking about, like the correct scores and these. This is just to give an indication and a view. And if you're watching a particular game or you want to, like, say, put two or three together, um, they're good. They're good fun bets. It's low stakes, high reward, um, and you are going to get a relatively low strike rate, especially in this market. So, no worries at all. Wrap it up with your final selection. Um, Jewsbury Hall at five point five mm. with three six five. So I can imagine that's quite a nice thirty plus double with three six five. Yeah, uh, he's made. Uh, over one foul per game, he'll be sitting deep again. Like I said, I think cagey game played through the middle, and he's player Rogers really rates so He'll probably play the night, especially with Indeedy back at centre back. So mm. Tielemans has been off it a bit recently as well. So Dewsbury Hill is going to have to do a lot of the defensive work. So and a young, inexperienced player, he is a fantastic player, but he might get caught out and get carded. So five point five for that, I think it's quite nice again. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Cool. Excellent. Well, that's wrapped everything up. That's all nine games um, 
done and dusted. Thank you very much for listening, Matthew. Thank you much for your expert in, input on the card markets and the research that you put into that and those stats. Very good indeed. Um, obviously, we will be putting some bets out that we do fancy over the weekend. So stay tuned to our uh, Twitter accounts uh, so that we will um, say signpost you towards some of our fancies. And obviously, a lot of these will be dependent on team news. So uh, make sure you check us out. Stick the notifications on so that, that when we do um, put something forward after team news, um, you'll be able to have a look through that. And um, as I said, we'll also signpost each of the games on the podcast so that you can skip back to them and, and uh, have a little um, preview uh, of the specific game that you're looking for without having to go through all the podcast and, and, and whatever, so you'll know exactly where to find it. But that's it from us uh, this time. Thank you again, Matthew. Thanks very much for joining me. Very much enjoyed right, that. Thanks for having me. No problems at all. Have a great week, everyone. Hope your team wins, unless it's Man City, but you, then you probably will. And uh, enjoy your weekends, enjoy your betting, and this hope it's a profitable one. And we look forward to catching up with you very soon. See you all later.